I think Darren Alley is on the wrong side of the camera. You just wait and see how much you'll learn, laugh, and just listen to everything he has to say. He's an experienced TV producer, now working at 60 Minutes on Channel 9, but he's also worked at Today Tonight, he's worked on The Block, he's even done RBT. 20 years ago, I actually walked out on him just days into my internship with his program at Today Tonight on Channel 7. Today, he's a guest on my podcast. Oprah, Steve Jobs, Andrew Denton, Ando. To me, these guys are masters of communication. The rest of us, well, mainly you, because I'm a pro, fumble our way through. Comical examines this funny little thing called communication that can either tear us down or make us sore. Join me, I'm an amateur comedian and a communication expert. Join me and listen, learn and laugh through the experiences of my very talented guests. Hello, Darren, Hello. how are you? I'm good, Marie, how are you? Hey, I'm good great, to see I you. miss you. I it's know, I'm time. so thrilled. It's been a very, very long time. I can't even remember. When was the last time we saw each other? Gosh, it might have been, we caught up once for some yum char, I think, when I was at Today Tonight. Mm. Oh my god, that was a long time ago, right? Yeah. When was it? So let's start with where we met so that everybody knows a little bit of the history. So I actually met you when you were teaching me broadcast journalism. That's right, the art of research in current affairs at uh, <laughs> at the college you were at. Yeah. And they brought me in to teach people how to talk people into doing things they don't want. Which is a skill, <laughs> which is a skill that I've employed over the years, even like a couple of years ago, I was working on RBT, getting drunk people to sign the um, clearance forms. <laughs> oh, Did you? Amazing. I didn't know you worked on RBT. You know, well, I was a freelancer for seven years after I'm, I'm, I was at Today Tonight for 18 years and then I went freelance, picking up gigs everywhere from the block to My Kitchen Rules to RBT and, um, and yeah. But we did meet at the college, didn't we? We sure did. And then shortly thereafter, I applied for an internship with you at... Today, tonight, do you remember? That's right. And I believe you walked out. You were like, nah, this is not for me, man. I'm like flipping, <laughs> filling up bloody diet, <laughs> filling envelopes full of this kickstart diet recipes and stuff. Oh, my God, I don't know. What the heck are you doing? Like, oh, I will never forget. I, I thought, this isn't news. What the hell am I doing here? Well, that was your first mistake to think today, tonight, had anything to do with news. Silly girl. <laughs> I was 19. Okay. I was a young girl from Bankstown trying to break into media. I just knew this girl's going to go places because she knows what she wants and she knows what she doesn't want. And obviously, this <laughs> tabloid journalism isn't for you. Well, you snob. Wow. I, I thought know. you were from the street, man. <laughs> I know. I so am from the street. And, you know, if I could go back, I would have stuck it out because I really, that's like, the. I always wanted to be a journalist. It's what I studied originally. And I remember as a kid walking around with a notebook, rewriting the news, and that's all I ever wanted to do. Well, yeah. It, today, tonight was a different beast. I mean, it was, you know, it was back pain cures and diets. And I was the Western Sydney cultural attache to, to today, tonight. <laughs> Because I, I did work experience there and they realised that, wow, this is the only guy in the office that lives anywhere past Parramatta. And, um, no. You did, did you how, do work experience there? Well, that's how I got my job, yeah, out of communications. My communications degree I finished in 93. 
spent a year on building sites and then decided to try and, you know, use this degree. And then I did work experience today, tonight for a week. And then in the, they asked me back, you know, did you want to stick around for another week, work for free? And they realised that this Islander from Blacktown could be of some use to this show <laughs> because, hell, 80% of the stories from today, tonight was born out of the streets of Western Sydney, you know. And um, they soon realised that I could find anything in Western Sydney. I could find a street full of single mothers. I could find uh, a whole colony of fat people that would try different diets. I could go into the, you know, this was before Struggle Street became popular. So I was able to get them the best poverty porn you could ever imagine. And um, Poverty porn. Only you would come up with something like that. Look the right, look the part. And... um, I don't know if it was the exact the, the best use of my communications degree, but it did get me into the world of news and current affairs, which now I've returned to. But it, that was yeah, my home for eighteen years. I mean, gosh, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. I loved it. And of course, I got and to meet got to meet beautiful PR queens like you, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> what has changed since then and now in the world of broadcast news? Well, I don't know if much has changed. You know, it's, it's certainly, and in this coronavirus, you can see how technology has certainly come to the fore with the use of Zoom and um, Skype for interviews, etc. But still, the story remains the same. I mean, it's still kind of, you know, the same sort of territory that they've trudged through, which is, you know, scandal, sex. If it bleeds, it leads, you know. The, the, the same same story meetings will have the same story ideas that come up time and time again. Disgraced footballers, yeah. you know, yeah. nostalgia. You've got budgets, and um, but now I'm in sixty minutes, and that's a different beast altogether. It's a little bit more serious, and um, but it's it's all about the story, and it's all about um, you know. And on commercial TV, it's all about what's going to pull in the, more, the most eyeballs. I guess what's the biggest difference is that there are less eyeballs. And mm. with people now on streaming and, and watching YouTube, it's not so much appointment viewing as it used to be. There, there aren't just four networks or five networks that people have to choose from every night. Now it's more so you need to work harder to try and grab people's attention. So the promos are working harder. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, it's 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 a real cat. It's even more of a cat fight now because you're not just up against the current affair. Now you're up against you know the Michael Jordan documentary, and you're up against yes. the, latest, the latest season of Ozark, and uh, up against the Norris nuts on YouTube, and um, kids unwrapping presents and <laughs> pulling apart, <laughs> pulling apart different toys and reviewing them. It's what my kids are watching, but yeah, it's it's a whole new world and. So the revenue's down and the money that they used to throw around in current affairs isn't, isn't there. The days of, you know, long lunches and Kerry Packer ruling the roost and, and the big money that they throw behind news because the ratings were a plus two million. Now it's you're lucky to crack a million. And if you do, that's a huge mm. rating. So Are you it's there? tough. Yes, yeah, it is tough. You're right, it is tough. But I'll tell you one thing that for me is consistent from when I started out in the late 90s or the early 90s, whatever, I can't even remember now, till now, is that TV news, especially the well-established brands like the 60 Minutes and the Current Affairs and what have you, 
still have massive influence because I can see, say for example, my client ends up on one of those shows and on the front foot, i.e. for for the right reasons, (laughs) big things happen in their business, you know, it shifts, their business does shift. And same goes for if they're on for the wrong reasons, which is their business does suffer. So the influence I find of those kinds of news programs is still there, despite the numbers not or the ratings not being as high. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, it still reaches, you know, a a wide audience. But the thing is with these shows is that, you know, you might get 600, 700,000 watching it on when it goes live, but uh, Mm. the numbers on YouTube for 60 Minutes are huge. So a story from the coronavirus will have, you know, by now 2.2 million views on some of the stories that they've run when they've gone into the Wuhan markets or they've gone into, you know, and that's where you you get the, the, the flow on is from YouTube repeated viewing. So if the digital age has come through and now people are watching on YouTube and they might not have caught it at that time when you're going to air, but they're, they're watching it on YouTube. And, mm. um, and that's huge. We have a whole now digital arm at 60 Minutes that um, basically is working towards, you know, the YouTube channel. So that's a, that's an interesting thing. And that's where, yeah, that influence is still felt and you'll, you'll, you'll see the, the flow on effect from that because word of mouth will get out the next yeah. morning. People will say, did you see that story when they went into the markets in China? And people will catch up with it on, um, on YouTube. And of course on, on the catch up sort of um, online nine and um, on, and so forth. So yeah, yeah there, there, there's still an audience out there for it, but um the heady days in the 80s of, uh, of, and you know, early 90s of, of huge audiences is diminished. So you, you have to work harder. But today, tonight's gone now. And so current affairs yeah. kind of by itself now. So they don't have to, you know, there's not that competition for stories that they used to have to compete against today, tonight. And, mm. and 60 Minutes now doesn't have the Sunday night competitor to sort of compete for that same story. But um the days of pulling out the checkbook and, you know, signing up some talent for 150 grand is over, most definitely. And um, Oh, yeah. Wow. And, and the days where they, you know, I've heard stories where 60 Minutes producers would just put a pointer on a map and just say, let's go there and they'd find a story in the middle <laughs> of Zimbabwe because someone has an interest in, in, in the Zimbabwe jazz quartet and they want to go see them live so they'd find a story. That, but that's when, <laughs> you know, money was around and, and there, there was so much advertising revenue. But... Um, yeah. So what you're telling me is you're not going to pay me some big bucks to get on and do a story about my former life as a games reviewer on Channel 10. Well, look, there might be a, a yum cha lunch in it for you, Marie. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and no your story. Of, your days as a games reviewer, I reckon that definitely warrants some attention. As in, wow, where are they now? What was that show you were on, Marie? What was that show you were on? That was Cheese TV. Cheese TV. Cheese TV. Do you remember? <laughs> Welcome back. You're watching Cheese TV. We're hanging in a computer because I'm hanging out with a games reviewer, the best in the land, Marie. Here you go. I'm going well, mate. You go. I'm very well. I can do it. Your uh, rating, a 10 out of 10 for a games reviewer. It's absolutely fantastic. I haven't even started. If that's not talent, I don't know what is. But you are going to need talent when you play. <laughs> yeah. I do. Wow, man. Wow. I know. You need yeah. to tell that story, Darren. It needs to be out there. It does. It does. And Do you reckon that um, relationships are still important in media, like say, for example, between 
a potential source or a key PR rep or um, any kind of talent, does, do, do relationships still matter when it comes to putting a story together and coming out of it looking, you know, okay? Oh, yeah. No, most definitely. For instance, just recently I um, did a story on the coronavirus for 60 Minutes and it was a relationship I had with a uh, with a PR person from Oz Harvest who was able to find me a family relying on charity. And because we had that relationship, she was able to find me someone quite quickly, whereas, you know, someone from Food Bank or, or, or another charity might not have been so, so helpful um, mm. in terms of coming forward and reaching out to one of their charities that they have out at Lamandra. I mean, she just knew exactly where to go. And yeah. within a few days, she was able to find me, you know, talent. And that, that's what booking talent and finding talent is a key part of what I'm doing. And, you know, the success at which I do my job is, is, is basically measured by whether in the next couple of days after I get set that task on the Zoom call or, or the meeting we have, whether I've got that talent. And mm-hmm. relationships in the PR circles can mean so much in terms of cutting out some of the, the white noise and, and really sort of having that relationship where that person will go a bit above and beyond and also know that there's a, a real benefit from it. For instance, with Food Bank, I didn't know anyone from Food Bank, so, you know, I was kind of on the back foot and they, they were so busy at this time that they weren't able to help. But because I knew this person from um, Oz Harvest, it, it was a lot easier. But to answer your question, yeah, most definitely, relationships matter. And what happens if somebody promises you a Ferrari and delivers a Commodore? Well, that, and that's that, not to say Commodores are bad, <laughs> but well, it's an expectation that doesn't. We're not making Commodores anymore. <laughs> but no, look, yeah, look, it doesn't often happen that, you know, you try and sort of have that relationship or where you can suss out whether there's going to be a Commodore waiting for you at the end of the line. And, yeah. you know, your instincts will tell you that, hey, this isn't the avenue where I'm going to kind of strike gold at the end of this. So your instincts will either by the tone of their voice or, or either, you know, by the, the length at which it takes for them to get back to you for the phone call, your persistent emails don't get answered, then there might be shortcomings in what you're promised and, and what you're delivered, in fact. So, but, yeah, it's... You can it, smell it, the rat, you can right? Smell you can smell it. Yeah. After 20, 20-odd years plus in the industry... You can definitely smell when when the souffle is going to rise or when it's going to fall. (laughs) (laughs) And what's the quickest way to piss off a producer? The quickest way to piss off a producer is to, when you promise something, like I say, an exclusive, in the media, it's it's all about kind of getting that exclusive or getting that, making sure that even someone else in your, your network or another show doesn't, do it. You want to be the first to break it or the first one to be able to promote it and say, they speak to us for the first time ever. <laughs> and, and those words, exclusive, yeah. exclusive is what it's all about. And when that is, um, when that you lose that, then it can be, you know, it can be a real blow and can really, really cheapen the, the worth that your story had. And Even if uh, it's a different angle, is there such a thing as an exclusive angle? 
Uh, well, I guess at that time when that person is hot property, for instance, say, for instance, this AFL coach who's, who's gone, you know, and, and got himself into a bit of trouble for stalking, if you were able to line up an exclusive with him and but then someone else is, talk, is, is talking to him about, you know, an angle, but it's the fact that that person there and then is going to tell you their story. So it's it's the fact that you're the first one to talk to that person and that's the value of it for the network, mm. for the show that you work for. Yeah. But within your own network, sometimes you find yourself competing against the news because everyone is looking after their own backyard. And yeah. even when I was with Today Tonight, you'd often be battling over someone against the news, which was on at 6 and you're on at 6.30. So the news would often get upset with you because you wouldn't share that talent because, well, you want to be exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, they speak for the first time ever. <laughs> the skeletons are out. The closet is open. Nothing is safe. You know, it's it's all about that that exclusivity, and that's the currency that we're dealing with. So, yeah, that's the, it's all about the promo in the end. It's all about the the promo. And yeah, the, the, how do we market it? How do we promote? How do we market story? it? How, how do we yeah. promote? And if you can't promote it, that it's the first time ever, then, then yeah, it's, well, then, wow. It's not going to sound as good as if as if you're saying, he speaks to us for the second time on the news. <laughs> you know, it's like. Mate, does Channel 9 know that you have this ability to narrate like this? They could save a lot of money on their voiceover people. Well, I've often offered that, you know, and it, it, when I was working on, on reality shows, I'd often be the voice before Scott Cam, so I'd, I'd do a great Scott Cam. Today on the block. <laughs> Lock up your thumb, pull up your, pull up your socks and get ready to work. It's kitchen week this week and we have got a whammy. So I can, yeah, I am mastered a lot of voices, but, you know, Marie, I'm a man of many talents, man. You, you really are. Dennis, you were speaking to Dennis Carnahan last week and, uh, you know, I, 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 I replaced Dennis in the confetti disco band. So, yeah, even if... Um, That's insane. I've really got to come and... Once everything's back to normal, I want to come and see... I'll come and see you playing your band or singing your band if you come and see my stand-up comedy. Deal. Is it a it's deal? It's a deal. It's a deal. You know, you Marie, I've got, one of, I've got one of these surfboards that you sent out as when you were, you know, as, as a PR queen. Spring chicken. <laughs> spring chicken. And, you yeah. know, our relationship was started from, from a, you know, very early on. And, and when you have that relationship and you get a call from that person, you'll drop everything to get back to them or you'll always have an ear for them and you'll always move heaven and earth to try and maybe not on your show, but hey, look, Marie, I think my friend at Today's Show might be able to help out with this story. It's something not for 60 Minutes or Today Tonight, but it's definitely something for Today's Show where they can do a live cross on your fun run around the world or your, you know, your new King G's tradies outfits, you know, for, for men. And that relationship is gold. And um, for me, it's always been um, one of the, the great things about the job is to is to nurture those relationships and... Um, I agree. And when I when I need talent, and when I I need business leaders to talk about how you know they're they're faring in the economy and stuff, often yeah. I'll turn to my mates in PR who who work with the boss of Boost Juice, or or, yeah. or have as clients people who are um, you know business leaders or or, or know of, of um, organisations like Oz Harvest, for instance. So you know they help out, and it's it's a two way street. It's a two way street. 
You know, the thing, um, sometimes the challenge for people that work in PR that have good contacts in the media is the pressure to use those contacts when they know that the story they have is just not relevant for that contact, you know? And that's always been a challenge. How long have I known you? 20 years far out. If well, right. I can think of maybe three stories in 20 years that we, we worked on together. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, that's, you yeah. know. No, but it is good. But I've, I've worked on a lot of clients in that time. But the, the important thing here is that just because a relationship is there, it doesn't mean you can cut corners on the story. You know, you still have to be able to deliver the goods. And I'll always be honest and say, Marek, look, you, geez, I don't know if I can do this one, but hey, I know someone at Triple M or I know someone at another yeah. show. And, you know, and the Today Show is often, you know, somewhere where they've got three hours to fill or, you know, even the morning show. Yeah. And I love people on after that, after sunrise. And if it's not the show that I'm working on, then it's definitely another show. And yeah. because you have relationships with those people, then you can, pass on and let them know yeah. that, hey, my friend Marie's going to call you up about this person is going, you know, came back from Afghanistan, you know, from the war in Iraq and, and they're, they're doing this thing and, you know, they're going to help out. She can help out. And it's also about being honest and saying, man, I don't think so. I don't know, Marie, but, you know, <laughs> the last thing you want is for someone to string you along and then at the last minute say no and then you, all this time you've had to mm. try and shop that around has been lost, you know. So, Mate, it- I used to have this guy who worked for me many, many years ago, right, and I would say to him, how's this story that you're pitching? Who have you spoken to? And he'd say to me, I'm so close with Geronimo. They're really interested. And I, I was really busy. I never gave it a second thought. It was the only media lead he had. And then about two weeks later I was like, who the fuck is Geronimo? I've never heard of them. Is it a blog? Is it a... Two weeks working on this thing that I had never heard of. Anyway, needless to say, <laughs> it didn't last very long after that. Uh, I was just too busy to connect the dots. And I, it was a while later where I looked at everybody else and I said, why didn't anybody say, hey, Marie, are you actually listening to what this guy is telling you? <laughs> what the hell was he doing for two weeks? I don't know, with Geronimo. Geronimo. Have you ever heard of Geronimo? I've never heard of Geronimo till this day. It's a good one, though. I mean, Geronimo, Kaiser says it. Mate, he was convincing. I'll tell you that. He was very convincing. (laughs) Hey, what what makes good talent? Define good talent for people listening. Well, good talent, for instance, the family I found for this coronavirus story at 60 that just went to air were fantastic because they were relatable. They were able to talk on camera. Even though they were nervous, they, you know, they need to be able to string two words together, obviously, and present well on camera. I mean, you know, it's, it, they need to be someone who's able to get to the heart of the story and be able to speak their truth, which is the family that I found for this story that, that are relying on charity, for, for instance, to, to get through coronavirus up for having lived a very comfortable life until recently and then overnight having lost all their work. They were fantastic because they, the mum was just so, you know, you just felt for her. The mm. husband who was having problems mentally in terms of being unemployed for the first time in 30 years. Yeah. Wasn't so articulate, but the pain in his face said it all. So when I spoke to them over Skype, I could just see that, Wife was great talent. She could not stop talking and was just able to articulate the pain she was going through. But the husband, 
in his own monosyllabic way, was great talent because his face told a thousand stories as well. So I, I, I realised that, that too with, when I watched I, it. Yeah, with this talent, it was a perfect marriage of the dance teacher Trish, who was just bubbly and effervescent, positive, yeah. and full of pep, and her husband, yeah. the hardest, teak, toughest teak boilermaker, who his face told a story, and even in his very, very sort of stoic nature and, you know, he spoke and, and in kind of very measured terms, but it was, he was just as good because his face spoke of the pain they were going through without even having to say a thing. And that got a lot of people as well. So that was great talent. Great talent can be different things, but ultimately it, this is TV. So they need to be able to, to talk, not freeze up on camera which should be, I guess, a lot more of a problem if it's live TV, but, mm. you know, be able to, to speak, not necessarily in sound bites, but speak and articulate, again, their truth and be able to, to give you a good summarisation of what they're going through from the heart as well as the head and in ways that people at home can, can really relate to. But also, you know, that's in, in, when you're talking human stories and stuff. Other stories that we would work with, which is business or, you know, talking about a new product, you know, sometimes you'd get a talent that would just speak. Say, for instance, if they're talking about a, a, the Mediterranean diet pill, which was a story <laughs> I had today tonight, and the talent who was the head of the company that was selling this product, we were interested in it because this pill encapsulated all the things that Mediterranean diet has that promises longevity of life and, and weight loss, but he spoke completely in scientific terms and was mm. so what you call a boffin, like he spoke in a boffin-esque speak that, you know, mm. you've got to speak to Mr. and Mrs. Penrith, let's face it. You need yeah. to reach Mr. and Mrs. Penrith and speak in terms that will capture their attention while they're eating their steak and three veg yeah. watching their belly mm. and you need them to speak, you know, succinctly in that time allotted um, to be able to sell their product and they need to be a bit of a salesman in that type of story. So different talent can mean different sorts of things across the different spectrums of stories you'll cover. So, yeah, it, and my, my job is to, to basically make sure that, you know, you've only got a couple of hits at this, so you need to speak to them and, and make sure that they're able to, to speak well, to talk mm. in a way that will capture Mr and Mrs Penrith's attention and yeah. getting to understand what the story and, and be able to drive that narrative forward, which is, yeah. you know. How many chances do you give them to get it right? As long as it takes, Marie, as long as it takes. If it's not a live interview, I mean, interviews that I've seen in reality shows, for instance, can take up to three to four hours of, at wow. the end of a day on the block. On My Kitchen Rules, they're infamous for running six-hour interviews for one episode. What? I'm not joking. And this is, you know, one of the things that the reality TV will do is, is that they'll, they'll sit them down and they will, every minute point about what they did in that day will be covered. So you drop that ladle into the minestrone soup <laughs> and it went plonk. What was that plonk like when it hit your ears? <laughs> so when you cut that zucchini and the knife was blunt, how did it feel when you realised that it was going to take a long time to cut that zucchini? And, and it's just to cover those points at which 
might be of interest for you in that reality show that you're covering. And it also might be a point for you to be able to create a Franken grab, which is what a lot of reality shows do, which is cutting little bits of this and that to make a, another soundbite. Um, so they've got them saying all different sorts of things to kind of articulate a sentence. And But, yeah, look, it, if you've got them sitting there, you need to give them as much time as, as possible to get the right thing. There's no set limit. There's no set limit at all because it's essentially it's, it's all about getting it there and then. Otherwise, yeah. you go back to the edit suite with your editor and he's like, well, where's, where's the grabs that we need? Where is it? Well, I didn't get it. Where is them crying? Hopefully you'll say we'll spool through to, to three hours and 46 minutes in and you'll see yeah. a tear. <laughs> you'll see a tear. Because you just don't want to go back and reshoot. That's it. This is the time you've given right. it and a story's got to go to air. That's right. That's right. That's right. So it's different in a live cross where the talent, you know, it, you need to, well, there's no chances. You need to make sure that they deliver it there and then. You know, like the, the Kiwi guy that I saw an interview on the Today Show where Carl was interviewing a Kiwi guy that rescued some sort of shopkeeper and he was just gold because he was able to speak in his Kiwi accent, charm the pants off Carl. He, he, was, he was a big teddy bear and, and it was kind of just this combination of sweet and hard. And, again, it's, it's, it's amazing what can make a good interview. It's um, It's capturing lightning in a bottle if it's live and if it can happen it, it can happen sometimes it doesn't happen and that can be quite unfortunate but yeah if you're in a current affairs situation yeah it can you're there till you get it you're there till you get it yeah and over 20 years it's these connections that um make your, you make your job a lot easier make story gathering a lot easier and yeah. make finding talent a lot easier and i'm thankful that over the last 20 years, you're one of the great connections that I've made that makes my job so much easier and such a joy. Such a joy. Likewise, mate. Such a joy. (laughs) I really miss seeing you and I'm so thankful that you gave up your evening for me to chat. I know you've been working your your butt off and I've taken you away from your family, so thank you so much. I don't know what you're watching. No, no, seriously. I've I've, I've been with my family for the last 24 hours (laughs) nonstop. So thank you. Thank you, because no my family pleasure. at the moment, my family at the moment are like the Waltons on meth. They are like Kardashians on freaking like crazy, crazy times. So, I hear you, mate. I hear you. I know you do, and I can see it. I can see <laughs> the deranged look in my eye. It's true. The crazy you- hair. It's true. The fact that I'm sitting on a laundry basket to interview you. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I see you've got your colours separated with the whites. It's good. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Yeah. Little wins. You've got to celebrate the small wins, right? <laughs> you do. You do, honey. <laughs> You're killing it, man. You are winning. You are winning. Thanks, my friend. Thank you so much again, Darren. And great. we'll talk really soon. Have a really great night. I will. Thank you. See you next Thanks, time. Mate. Bye. Bye. And that's comical for this week. If you'd like to join the show, suggest a topic or ask me a question, hit me up on Instagram at Maria Daggle or email me, comicalpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. See ya.